All right, here we are, teeing it up with Jeremy Schilling presents Danny Flecka, because from the swamps of Jersey, that's where we are on this Monday, Labor Day, September 6th, 2021, three days away from the start of the NFL season, three or four days away from Danny going on the road, so with Danny Flecka on the road, ironically, to a college town, um, uh, we're going to talk about the NFL now uh, with some of these games five, six, seven days out. So this is going to be interesting, kind of a look ahead to week one um, with some perspective here, uh, but with not all the up-to-date information you would normally get later in the week. So just make this a casual Labor Day listening, right? Right, Danny? Yeah. Just a uh, preview. Who knows? Like you said, who knows what's going to happen this week because... Uh We've already seen some news come down the last couple of days, like COVID-related absences that will be happening on Thursday. So who knows what's going to come up tomorrow and Wednesday after a long weekend. That is a professional segue, sir. Very well done to the Cowboys not having Zach Martin. And for all the chat about Zeke, I'm sorry, about uh, Dak and would Dak be ready for the opener, now you lose one of your linemen. Uh, probably the best lineman that's on that Dallas Cowboys line. So a twofold question. A, obviously with Jerry Jones, it's all about winning. But what is this team's ceiling, in your opinion, for this year? And then trying to face the world champions, who, as we talked last week, bring everybody back. And there are risks inherently with bringing everybody back. Now you look at this scenario where, lo and behold, uh, you're not going to have your best offensive lineman. a difficult spot because they might have to look to reshuffle the line a bit um, and they were, were having some depth issues to begin with so Dallas Dallas's ceiling on the opposite side, I know we spoke about it a little bit the other day is really predicated off the foundation of that line um, we've seen them struggle when that line is not healthy and we know how good that line can be when all their pieces are in place and I think what would terrify me as uh, a Cowboys fan is that it's the first game of the season. There's still going to be some kinks that need to be worked out. Dak didn't take any any real reps in preseason games. Um, hasn't taken a real live rep since he got hurt, you know, in, in a game. And you're going up against the uh, defensive line that is really stout and really good. Um, you know, with Dominican Sue on there, uh, JPP, throw in, um, you know, Shaquille Barrett, and I believe they drafted somebody out of Washington um, this year as a rookie who's, who's flashed. And throw in their, you know, linebacking core that, that it tends to get after the quarterback, too, with Devin White. Um, it's going to be a concern. It might limit a bit, you know, what Dallas calls and maybe make them a little bit more predictable. Um I don't know if you're Dallas, if you want to be throwing the ball 50 times in an opener, um, but if you're unable to get that run game established and have to go to the air, then you're kind of playing, I think, into Tampa's um, ability to, to control that game. Also, if you're gambling on that surgically repaired ankle in your first game, so a lot of little variables, I think, that are going to be going into that game. On you know, It's only the first week, so I think there's a lot of things that need to be worked out for both teams. But uh, more question marks around Dallas, I think, in this one than Tampa. Um, as you look at Tom Brady um, and the fact that it's taken him longer to come back uh, this year um, off the offseason surgery that he had, 
Um, you know, he said that he got better as camp went on. This is the guy who has touted himself as being so fit and he was frustrated in the offseason with his limitations. If you're a fantasy quarterback that has some options in week one and Tom Brady is your quarterback, where do you look at this? Do you, is it almost a, you know, if, if, if this was, you know, survivor, you know, pool, you know, for example, for, for players, is this a situation where you may look somewhere else and then save Tom Brady for later in the year? Or is this something where it's Tom Brady, you know he's Tom Brady, he's going to throw for numbers and throw for touchdowns and you roll him out week one like, you know, like he was never injured in the first place? Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, I'm assuming if you have Tom Brady, he's your starting quarterback. And despite those anecdotes, I still think he's a viable play this week. Um, just look at his weapons, just look at the offensive line, just look at the opponent. Um, unless you have a substantial upgrade to Tom Brady, where, you know, if you're a fantasy drafter and you have, you know, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers or... Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to come up with somebody that fits that, that you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's really tough for me to, if I drafted Tom Brady, to not start him. From a survival pool standpoint, um, I would be leaning away towards this game and going towards you know, some other matchups like San Francisco versus Detroit. It's probably an option that I think will be bet heavily on in survivor pools this week um, and save Tampa for, for later on in the year when maybe they have an easier matchup um, because I still think Dallas has the talent to keep this a game and, and make it interesting. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, if you have Tom Brady, I just don't see how you bench him unless, again, you have Mahomes or somebody like that. And if you have both those guys in your roster, uh, I don't know what, what your strategy was, but... Tom Brady's still a top 10 player as far as a fancy quarterback this week, in my opinion. Would you like to help me understand something that has me woefully confused? Yeah, I'll do my best. <laughs> okay, here, here we go, folks. Denver and the Giants. Now, Denver has been linked, along with several other teams, to Deshaun Watson. He of all the legal troubles and the fact that he doesn't want to play in Houston. The Giants bring back basically everybody. They get, we think, a healthy Saquon Barkley. This is decision um, time for Daniel Jones. And is this his make it or break it year? You've added a couple weapons on the periphery. And Denver, on the road, coming to New York in week one, is, as we talk about this Monday at 11.08 a.m. Eastern time, is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Please explain this to me. Yeah, I think, personally, from a gambling perspective, it makes sense. You have a Giants team that is a mess in my right now. Um, we don't know what their offensive line looks like. Their skill players haven't really practiced all, all year. You mentioned Saquon Barkley um, going going into the season. We don't know what his workload is going to look like. Um, and on the other side of the ball, you look at Denver. They have a solid defense. Uh, solid defensive play caller in Fangio. A little more stable of an offensive group. I know Teddy Bridgewater is their QB, and, and he is, you know, all right. He, he is who he is. Let's just call him, you know, a game manager. And they have some good skill players. Um, and one thing I think is to take into effect, too, of this game, and that's going to probably affect a lot of what you're seeing, both from a, a fantasy perspective and a gambling perspective, is that the Giants play on Thursday next week. Um, against mm -hmm. Washington. So it's like, how, how 
how um, you know involved with Saquon be in the in the game plan? Um, are they going to give him a full workload, knowing that in four days they got to turn around and play another really good defense? So, you know, Denver being a favorite doesn't shock me. I would be surprised to see that bet up to like three, three and a half um, on the Denver side, and you know maybe the Giants to come up play if you want to take them. Um, but I'm staying away from that game just because I don't know what I'm going to get from the Giants. The, the Denver team is still a, a mystery to me. Uh, they have great skill players with like Judy and Sutton, uh, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant. You know, they're running backs, but like how is Teddy Bridgewater the right guy to get the most out of them? I don't know. So I, I definitely would like to see a little bit more from Denver before I, I, I go, I back them. But them being a favorite does not surprise me at all. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, I learned something. Um, as as Danny Fleck is with us here on teeing it up, you have joined, and we won't give out the handles here, uh, but but you've joined some more social media platforms, and as a result of joining social media platforms, if you so chose, you have enjoyed the summer of 2021 that was Aaron Rodgers' life. Um, and... You enjoyed it, seeing him in Hawaii, seeing him relaxing. He played golf a couple times to raise money for charity. Now he actually has to play a football game. That matters. And he hasn't taken a snap since God knows when, uh, for real. Going up against the Saints, who have had to leave New Orleans for Dallas and are now leaving Dallas for Jacksonville... And they have tried to replace Drew Brees, and they've had two quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and, and Taysom Hill, and they've basically had the old, as we grew up, preseason going on because they needed to figure out who would be their starting quarterback. So, A, where's your head at on Aaron Rodgers? And if he's had enough reps, B, do you honestly believe that this is Jameis Winston's starting job? And C, this game now being in Jacksonville, how does that impact how you look at this game in your mind? Yeah, so for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's been around long enough. The preseason situation doesn't really concern me a little bit. Um, I think there's a lot of motivation on his part to play well this year. He's the, former, he's the reigning MVP. He wants to get out of Green Bay. In order to do so, he needs to put together a good year. That way he gets one last contract. Um, if Green Bay trades him, they want him to play well as well. That way they get the most out of, out of that. Um, he probably wants to win another Super Bowl, whether it be in Green Bay or not. This is probably, in my, you know, if you look at it from a, a 30,000 foot view, one of his best opportunities to do so in the next couple of years. Um, NFC is weak. He has a good team. The, the team itself has performed pretty admirably as far as the you know, win-loss record. Um, there's an opportunity for them to, to repeat what they did last year. Um, you know, from that standpoint, you still have uh, Devontae Adams. They drafted a, a, a very underrated, I think, uh, wide receiver in Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Um, you know, in their defense, minus that one gaffe that they had last year um, in the NFC Championship game, played pretty well. Um, and and the NFC North, I think, is pretty weak this year. So they have a great opportunity to, you know, win that division again and be on top. Um, their first week matchup with, with New Orleans is, is interesting. Like you mentioned, they've had a lot of adversity the last couple of weeks. 
something think that that team is not, uh, you know uh, unfamiliar with. They've probably had to deal with this numerous times. Unfortunately, that area has had these issues in the past. But the advantage for the Saints is playing at home. And we saw that last year that some of their home games didn't go so well. Um, and that you, you were able to weather those storms because you had a veteran QB and Drew Brees. And now you're, you're turning over that position with two individuals that really have a limited ceiling. I think Winston's the starting quarterback as long as Peyton feels comfortable that the ceiling of the team is, is high. Um, if he continues, you know, if he has games where he's making a ton of mistakes and, you know, throwing, turning the ball over and not executing, then I can see the plug pulled. But I think John Payton is very reluctant to do that because of what Taysom Hill can bring elsewhere within the game plan. But if he's not getting the most out of Winston, he's going to make that change because you're ready to play the team. Uh, without Michael Thomas for the first couple of weeks, unknown at one by wide receivers. They can't have defenses just keying in on Alvin Kamara. So I think Winston has an ability for them to open up the playbook a little bit, but if he's forcing the ball, making mistakes, I think the leash is very, very short. And I think he knows that too. Um, but, you know, Sean Payton's a great coach. I do expect to see Winston play maybe above his head a little bit. Um, early on at least, maybe once teams figure him out a bit, that, that we see him come back down to earth, but um, Winston does, in my opinion, with Taysom Hill's limited um, limitations in the passing game a bit, you know, gives the Saints the best opportunity to win games, but we'll see if he capitalizes on that opportunity. Matt Stafford makes his Rams debut Sunday night football, uh, first time they'll have fans in that stadium in Los Angeles um, against Chicago. Um, facing a team that he knows well. This is a seven and a half point line for the Rams. Uh, is this a sucker line if you're somebody that just thinks that, you know, right now Vegas is totally over? Um, it, it, I feel like this is a tighter game than seven and a half. That's what I'm trying to say. Is this line too big in, in your mind? It feels that way. These teams that played, I think, four years in a row, most of the games have been pretty close. You know, close enough that it's like a one-possession game going into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, with the Rams, I'm high on Stafford this year. I, I like the situation he's in. I like the offense that he's going to be playing in. I think, you know, they have the skill players at, you know, probably the best set of skill players he's ever played with. I know he's played with Calvin Johnson. But when you look at, like, the overall depth at their wide receiver position. I think it's probably the best set of wide receivers he's ever played with um, and the best coach by far he's ever played for. Um, I think this line is inflated a bit, you know, going off of the past year that we saw the Rams defense uh, play at, the level that they were able to execute at. Um, and in Chicago, obviously, has a new quarterback, Andy Dalton. And, you know, Matt Nagy isn't the best situational play caller um, but seven and a half does seem a little high for me but it's still a line that I, I wouldn't touch um, even on the other side of Chicago I, I, I want to see Andy Dalton play I want to see what he's able to do I want to see how Nagy controls the game with, the, with him as his starting quarterback and on the Rams side I get it they have a great defense but you have a completely new play caller there how is Raheem Morris going to adjust and understand what that team is capable of and you know, situationally what they can do. 
Um, so it's going to be an interesting game, you know, from that perspective. Uh, but I'm with you. It does it does stink a little bit, um, but I think it is definitely a stay away for me. I, I just want to see how both those teams fare um, the first week of the season and, and how that, that translates into, you know, where the betting market places are moving forward. Teeing it up with Danny Flecker here. Um, pop quiz. Do you know the new name, the correct name of the stadium that the Buffalo Bills play in? Um, it was New Era Field. I have no idea what it is now. Highmark Stadium. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I have no idea either. I just, you know, pop question. We try to have some fun on this show. Um, <laughs> all right. Give me... I'm scared. I'm, I'm nervous here, folks. Jets, Panthers, Sam Dal- uh, Sam Darnold. Geez, Sam Dalton. I don't know if a Sam Dalton exists in sports. Uh, Sam Darnold uh, versus his old team. The, the debut of Zach Wilson. Um, I'm scared. I think this is a winnable game. I don't know why the line is five. Over under a 45 is really high. Um, I think this is doable, but uh, I'm 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 scared, Danny. I I, I don't know what we're gonna get from uh, from anybody here, really. Um, so, where's your head at? I, I think that the thing that concerns me about the Jets this year is their defense. You know, yeah. they had that big loss with Carl Lawson. Jack Lawson is good, not great, not Carl Lawson, you know, good, but, but he's, he's, he's all right. Yeah, I just think the depth, that the, you know, I just think their secondary is, is still not improved enough to be competitive every single week. Um, the first week of the season is always interesting because emotions are running high and people are playing maybe, you know, with a lot of, pent up anger and aggression that make, maybe makes us overreact to certain teams. Um, the Jets, to me, just have too many variables in this game. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, new head coach, new offensive play caller, new defensive system, uh, rookie QB, um, uncertainty, you know, in the defensive backfield, you know, what they're capable of there. Uh, going up against the Panthers team that, yeah, they have a new quarterback, but most of their team is intact. Uh, some good wide receivers, the return of Christian McCaffrey, and a, a middle-of-the-road defense that I think will will give Zach Wilson some issues. They have some some good edge rushers that, that might be able to take advantage of the Jets' offensive line. Um, five is a dead number in any, in any NFL or college game. Um, so, uh, unless you think the Jets are going to keep this game within, you know, a, a field goal, um, I don't think there's a side to really back here. But I, I would be a little concerned if I was a Jets fan too, just because there's a lot of new things this year, and it might take a couple of weeks for these things to get ironed out and for Sala to get an understanding of how to handle games and you know how to use timeouts and then when to go for it on certain plays and you know going for two or you know going for it on fourth down. I think it's just going to take a little while for him to get that under his belt. Um. So the Jets will go sixteen and one. That's what you're saying. Week one's a loss, and then they'll win sixteen straight. Uh, you're you're asking for a lot there. <laughs> All right, we got twenty seconds. Um, what else piques your interest entering NFL Week One? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot to be interested in. There's a lot of uh, new things happening. It's going to be exciting to see the fans back in the stadium. Hey, I'm intrigued to see what, what Trevor Lawrence looks like and what should be a very winnable game for them against Houston. Um, you know, how San Francisco handles their quarterback situation. You know, they have another they have a game that's pretty easy. If you look at it on paper, does Trey Lance make his debut? I know he's, like, quote-unquote hurt, but, you know, does Trey Lance get some garbage time, you know, reps in this week? Uh, and, you know, how does that look for San Francisco moving forward? And I think, you know, Thursday night's a really interesting game to kick it off. You know, Dallas versus Tampa Bay. You mentioned, you know, we mentioned that earlier in the podcast, but I think that's probably one of the most intriguing games of the week, and we get it as a standalone game on Thursday night. So week one, always a lot of questions, always a lot of overreactions, um, but it's exciting just to get this, this thing kicked off, and we'll see where it goes from here. Amen. Danny Flecka, safe travels, enjoy a college town, and um, thanks for joining us on this Labor Day Monday to preview NFL Week 1, which begins Thursday at 820 on NBC. Uh, sounds good, my man. I'll talk to you next week. You got it, and thanks to all of you for tuning in.